0: Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to say thanks to our longtime sponsors, Arius Medical Staffing, helping you, physical therapists or physical therapist assistants, find jobs all over this country with positions in all settings in all 50 states. Find out what they have for you at AUREUSmedical.com. That is AUREUSmedical.com. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts.
2: I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome.
0: <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Happy Hour. I am excited. You should be excited, too. We're doing this thing live back on the show. Uh, PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy. That's you. That's why you're here. Uh, we are live streaming the show now. Mom said I had the face for radio. Man, was she right, but I'm sorry. We're doing it on the uh, the socials, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. That is at PT Pinecast. Make sure to follow the show there, as well as subscribing to the audio-only version. Don't have to deal with the face. Uh, That's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, Radio, wherever podcasts are found. We are broadcasting live from the Aries Medical Staffing Studios, leaders in travel physical therapy, so... If you want your PT license to take you around this uh, great country of ours, all 50 states and D.C., all settings, find out what they have to offer. Aureusmedical.com. Go there. That is Aureusmedical.com. Since we do this thing live, if you're watching the live broadcast, make sure you drop any questions or comments Uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, and we'll see if we can bring some of those into the show. Or, hey, if you just want to text me, that's my actual phone number. Uh, Let us know who we should have on the show in the future. First round is brought to you by our friends from Owens Recovery Science. They are a single source for PTs looking for certification in personalized personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it properly in clinical practice. Now that we got that out of the way, we have a great show for you tonight. We're talking concussion CPG clinical practice guideline and we've got some great guests let's bring them in the show right now bobby jean lee ariel giordano katie quatman yates ladies welcome to the program
3: thanks for having us hi
1: thank
0: you since everybody's working remotely these days right i actually keep i keep this button like with me at all times if i just need some motivation if i think oh jimmy hey, great job taking out the trash I just do that. So that's why you hear the cheering in the background. Uh, ladies, welcome to the program. I'm excited when uh, good information, I like to say that we like to, to, to make good work well known. And you guys, uh, are, we're all part of, and we're going to be talking about CPGs uh, tonight. And this is a little bit different, right? So we want to talk about all of your backgrounds. So we'll introduce, so Bobby Jean Lee, sports PT leading the concussion management program at Texas Health Sports Medicine. <clears throat> Plus you're the vice chair for the concussion SIG of the American Academy of Sports Physical Therapy. So uh, Bobby Jean, welcome. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Katie Quadman Yates, professor at the, in all caps, Ohio State University, uh, conducting health system outcomes to improve research emphasizing concussion rehab. So Katie, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, hi.
0: And Ariel Giordano, professor at the University of Delaware with a niche treating concussion in practice. Uh, Ariel, welcome to the show. Thank you. And now that we know everybody, now everybody's, you know, properly introduced, um, CPG, this just came out part of four components of the APTA. We're talking orthopedics, we're talking neurologic, sports And pediatrics, can't forget the peds. A CPG, I was introduced to these in PT school because it was a great summation. But for people who need a little bit of a reminder, a refresher, what's a CPG?
2: Well, it's essentially a roadmap for practice to help assist with, you know, background information if you don't have a lot in a certain area to help you make decisions around maybe two different treatments that may be options for you to make you aware of the possible treatments that may be available to you to help you decide what type of assessments you may use um, and maybe what outcomes to expect. For our purposes, since it was the first clinical practice guideline in the area of physical therapy for concussion, we had another emphasis, which was to help educate others about what physical therapists could, in fact, do to help with concussion rehabilitation. So that was a little bit... Of a unique slant for us It's
0: like a great backdoor way into saying hey look what we're able to do when we put that together you guys are, you guys are already thinking right. years ahead i like that i looked at cpgs in pt schools like borrowing the smart kidding classes notes I was like somebody did all the leg work it was like hey do you mind if i just kind of borrow could you just google doc me all that information and that's really what a cpg is it's you guys go and call the literature and figure out what the best practices you bring it back together you weigh them you figure it out and then you give us the result I mean, it is the ultimate cliff's notes of a particular area of evaluation and treatment um and you can find it online right now we're going to make sure we drop the link in the show notes to the episode if you're listening to the podcast or if you're watching a live stream we'll drop it in the comments below but uh so all right so now we know what a cbg a cpg is why did you decide to focus on concussion and evaluation treatment concussion and mild traumatic brain injury why why this why right now
1: so actually, there's, there's actually quite a story behind that, but the APTA puts together a um, work group each year in how to come together to write a CPG and the process thereof. And they bring in each academy and or section and its members. Um, I was invited to this meeting um, close to a decade now. And um, from the sports side of things, and at that time, we were trying to decide on a topic, and Neuro was in, interested in mild traumatic brain injury, and sports was kind of interested in concussion. And so we got together with Joe Godges and Sandra Kaplan at that meeting and um, started putting a, a team together um, from all the different areas. And it's really one of the first CPGs to have so many academies and or sections yeah. work together uh-huh. on something like that.
0: It's a great example of, yeah, again, I don't get paid, you know, APTs and like, you know, slap me cash into the table to say that I'm a member, but like, that's a great example of like, you're a physical therapist. Yes, there are these, these different components and you can specialize, but look at where these things cross over. I just look at it as like, like a big Venn diagram. So hold on a second. You're saying they, start, they started 10 years ago or you were just brought um, in to start working? On our
1: meet, the meeting was about seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. And so wow. we've been working on it for five, almost six years, Katie, I think. Katie's had... Like we've, we've had, we've entered multiple children into the mix and, wow. you know, <laughs> retirement. No, it's, it's yeah, been yeah. a long haul. <laughs> and you already have to start the revision for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to talk about
0: that. Wow. Well, it just goes to show how deep you guys are going to get with a CPG with something like this. Uh, I, I'm a bad podcast host because I completely skipped over something. Uh, what are we drinking today? I'm actually, I found one of my favorite pint glasses. I don't know if you're a fan of Game of Thrones. Yes. But we made these limited edition I drink and I know things glasses. And I got a magic hat number nine. What are we drinking around the horn? Anybody? Uh, so
3: I got uh, Austin East Cider's like a blood orange.
0: Yes. Like the yeah. blood orange.
1: The Texas staple. It's only Thursday. So go Eagles.
0: <laughs> go Birds.
1: Some chardonnay.
0: Some chardonnay. Like I said, it's only Thursday. Just do it. Just yeah. hit Chardonnay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> only Thursday I'm doing the Pinot Grigio this you know, just, hey. All
0: right, now we got that out of the way. So that's why you really decided to look into this area of CPG. And now now knowing that this thing started, you know, 7-8 years ago when I feel like the discussion around concussion was I don't know, starting to kind of hockey stick when I was in PT school, 13 14, uh, 14 15 16, mm-hmm. um you guys were in the middle of that. You were watching that concussion movie come out with Will Smith, you know, in theaters and saying, "Hey, we're working on this." That had to feel pretty good.
2: Yeah, except that it was a little bit like we were a little behind the game to start, and then we just couldn't catch up. It was all yeah. evolving so fast, and the entire paradigm of care sort of changed right in the middle of what we were we were writing. So it made for a you know interesting time.
0: <laughs> well, at least it it, it kind of reinforced the fact that it was important enough to pay attention to, and we'd rather have you guys do it right than right now. And that's really what a CPG obviously is. Um, so could be seen as a lazy podcast question, right? But <laughs> When you did the CPG, what did you find? What were some of the – it was a lot, just so people know. It's 70-something pages, and we'll give the link again. we we'll want to make sure you guys know you have access to this. But I wanted you guys to kind of hit the high notes, something that will grab people's ear, grab people's eyes, and want to go check this thing out. So some interesting findings that stood out to you, have have at it.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that we recognized very, very early on, and hence the involvement from the different – academies um, was the fact that we were dealing with a diagnosis that uniquely cut across many body systems and could uniquely draw upon a lot of our different schools of physical therapists. But given the way that we often practice in, you know, niche areas, we had to draw upon that expertise and, and sort of, I don't think it was a surprise as much as it was a point of emphasis for us to make sure that we were not promoting silos for treatment of these patient populations. We really wanted to emphasize that, you need to incorporate all these elements in order to, to treat them well um, in, in multiple d- domains of care. So the CPG does provide a little bit of a way to think about the different types of impairments across the body systems that we may be facing. Um, and I'll let Ariel kind of dive in a little bit further on, on the specific domains, but just the emphasis that we we really wanted to make sure that it was you know multi-body system in nature and that we didn't just focus on one System with our guidelines.
1: And I think that, you know, there, I think there are many excuses, maybe, many reasons why it took us a little longer than some other CPGs to put together. And one of them was because of this multi system or domain um, topic. But also at the time we started, we didn't really know if we'd be able to complete a CPG. We didn't know if we'd just have to be able to do a systematic review first and that the evidence wasn't really there for us to be able to say, hey, we suggest these things with, you know, high, higher high enough level of evidence that we can stand behind it. So oftentimes groups will find that they have to do a systematic review or some other type of literature prior to a CBG. And as we kept going, um, you know, and especially with the four domains, it became pretty apparent that we have a ton of literature. And as we were going through it more and more is just, I I think flowing out possibly more than any other area or body part that we've seen before, which was why it's hard to keep up and it's going to need to be revised quickly um, but we have in essence four domains. We have a cervical musculoskeletal skeletal domain. So, you know, the concussion, the definition of concussion has evolved over time as well. And, and you know, I want to point out that that could be one of our, our faults in physical is How do we define this? And how can we stick to a certain definition and all follow that definition? So we do have a definition in there, um, but it's not just a blow to the head. It's also a blow to the body um, which can exert forces to the head. So, you know, just keeping that in mind with whiplash and things like that. Um, so we have the cervical musculoskeletal section. We have um, uh, vestibular ocular. Um, so how the, you know, our, our inner ear, our balance system coordinates with our eye system. Um, a lot of people will exhibit dizziness um, and symptoms because of those systems that are impaired after concussion. Um, exertional intolerance. Uh, autonomic dysfunction after concussion. So, you know, we see blood pressure and heart rate changes. Um, People that exert themselves seem to have increased symptoms, not all people, but this is a category of that. So we looked into that area domain as well. And then um, the last one is functional movement, um, your balance system. So sensory motor and um, how that's affected, which, you know, is also compounded by your vestibular and ocular systems.
0: Yeah. Bobby Jean, where do you come into this? You come into this uh, with involvement with the special interest group in the Academy of uh, Sports Physical Therapists. When you were taking a look at this, uh, working with athletes yourself, what jumped out at you?
3: Well, I think what I really appreciated about it is it really just gives a framework for clinicians to identify maybe some areas that they need to work on um, in order to fully address the comprehensive nature of a concussion. Or if it's not in their wheelhouse, identify another clinician that they can utilize to help treat that specific aspect of a concussion. Since there's so many different facets and they're usually intermixed. Normally we don't have somebody who just has a vestibular ocular component. We have someone who has a vestibular ocular component, but may also have motor function impairments. And the way that the CPG uh, segregates it out is really nice because it helps you break down each part, but then also think about them together. Um, So for me, it's really helpful because I'm a clinician who applies this to my practice. Uh, But I also think it's great because it came out at the same time that we formulated our new concussion special interest group within the sports section. And I want to point out like it's in the sports section, but we also recognize that this is an intersectional um, diagnosis, right? And that's, Part of, partly represented from the CPG and everybody working together to uh, put this great document together. Um, so I think it's important that we recognize that, but also uh, we are started this special interest group to be able to bring clinicians together, uh, to be able to discuss things such as the CPG and help grow this area of knowledge within our practice.
0: Yeah, I tell people all the time. Listen, if you don't know where you belong, let's say you you, you know you want to belong, right? You're in the American Physical Therapy Association. I say, well, you know, start to pay attention to the areas that get that excite you, right? Go to a CSM, go to a go to a conference, um, join a section. I say, give everybody at least give give a section one year, right? Go give give them a spin around the sun, but while you're there, focus on this next part. Join every special interest group in the section because it's free, right? You, you, you pay a little more to be in a section and that's fine. You get more. But I always tell people join every single SIG, join every mailing list and just test it out. Take it for really kick the tire for a year. Um, what's special about the, the, the newly formed concussion SIG in the Academy of Sports Physical Therapy? What do you get out of there?
3: Well, so we actually just launched our new website or our new platform. It's called Mobilize hopefully people are getting emails about it. It literally just came out on the 31st. So if it hasn't inundated your email box yet, hopefully it will, Um, if not go seek it out. But it's a great new platform that kind of combines a lot of different aspects of social media, but allows us all to be together um, within our SIG. And then you can join, just like you were saying, Jimmy, every SIG. So you can get updates and messages from every SIG and join all the conversations. Um, But what's really great about the concussion SIG is it allows us to all come together to identify other professionals who treat this um, specific population across both sports and neuro and peds, geriatrics, everything, and ortho, right? So it allows us to all have these conversations and pick each other's brain, create a community because every concussion is different, whether it's between one athlete and another or within the same athlete having multiple concussions. They're always different. And so having multiple people to have as a resource is really helpful, um, when you're treating this population.
0: Yeah. Physical therapy, you know, really evaluation and treatment after concussion or mild traumatic brain injury. That's the CPG we're talking about here today. Um, I like similarities and differences, right? I just look at the world like a Venn diagram. They cross over, they don't. Things that were, you were surprised by and things that you pretty much knew is going to, we're going to be there, but Hey, this is a CPG. You have to test it out. You can't just assume. Anything come to mind uh, as you're working on this for a couple of years? There, are things that you did, you like. This is definitely going to happen there. So there's similarities, but then differences. Things that surprise you. Anything, anything pop up there when I mention that?
2: Yeah, I, I can go with with the similarity similarities. I thought you know, there's a lot of research coming out, and it was coming out in a lot of different domains. Um, and one thing that was interesting was that it was a question we had to ask ourselves: How does this actually apply to physical therapists? In that, you know, if there was a sideline assessment for athletic trainers, is that applicable to our clinical practice as physical therapists, maybe in a clinic setting? Um, or same with the interventions. And, and likewise, there was a lot of evidence out there trying to help with diagnosis. But did that really inform our ability to diagnose for the impairments we are looking for? And so while I'd like to say there was a lot of evidence out there, there was a lot of questions about how applicable that was to our line of practice. And so we had to kind of tread that territory quite a bit.
1: And I would, I would add, as far as differences, we started our literature search with looking at evidence at least 14 days or older, as far as those after concussion. So they were, it wasn't going to be in the acute period of time. And within, you know, the first two years of our literature search and moving into, some findings and collection and tables and things like that, we quickly found out that even, even some of the people that were on our in our authorship group, they're treating them in the emergency department. And so we had to go back in this large group of evidence and, and relook and research for things that were in the acute realm, maybe not on the sideline, but that are also going to the emergency department because we can even do a lot on the education side from the very beginning. And these individuals don't understand some of the things that they're going through and feeling and that it is normal for a diagnosis of concussion. And so just even having that conversation with them very early on is really important.
0: Yeah, uh, con- concussion sports myths, something that comes up, things that, uh, things that just get passed down when they shouldn't. In an era when we uh, are very focused on disinformation and misinformation, uh, what comes up in the area of concussion, sports, myths in general?
1: It's just a ding. <laughs>
0: Rub some dirt on it. Walk it um, off.
1: And, you know, I, I truly believe in sports. I was an athlete. I support athletics in my children. Um, and it's a fine line. We don't know enough about what this looks like down the line. There's there's a lot of things out there on CTE, um, you know, this traumatic encephalopathy that the, the Will Smith movie was on. And, you know, some of that is a little – not fully evidence based i would say um, we don't know enough about it they're not they're not researching everyone that's post high you know post high school and nfl and what their brains look like it's only those that are having issues so you you just have to walk the line there but we don't know how many hits causes a problem we don't know what type of hit it's very difficult to study um the linear aspect during a hit with a football helmet um, football helmets are really meant for skull fractures and not to reduce concussion. They're, they're moving into reducing concussion and a lot of evidence is coming out there, but um, your brain is still moving around in there no matter what you do with, with whatever type of helmet you have. So um, we, we don't know the answer to that. And there's a lot of studies being done with G-forces. You know, my nephew has a helmet on with G-forces and you know they pull them out after so long and we, we don't know that yet.
2: Yeah, I think I'll add to that. One thing that's a little unique about concussions too, especially in the realm of sports or athletics, um, a lot of the impairments that we have or that we see are very subtle. And the only way we might know that they're there is that the athlete reports them. Um, And many of the brain injury types of outcome measures, assessment measures that we have are for detecting sort of more obvious things. And so we're talking about very subtle, maybe motor control impairments. And so, so far that they're kind of subclinical, maybe laboratory grade tests can pick them up, but even that we're not so sure about at this point. So while someone, you know, feels better and while they're, they look better for the most part, there may be still some underlying, you know, deficits that are there that we can't quite detect. And so I think it is tricky and um, we're still learning daily, I think, how we're going to navigate that part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, we, he's a great guy to do that. Go ahead.
3: To, to tag off quickly. Oh. Go
1: ahead. i say in the CPG to go along with Katie's part is not only is there a definition on concussion, but we've, we've expanded it into a concussive event. And so it's not just the treatment of the brain, but it's the sequelae surrounding everything. So how is the cervical thoracic spine involved? You know, the vestibular system, so on and so forth. So we're not just concentrating on the brain any, any longer. Um, I was just going to tag
3: off what you say, Ariel, as far as the helmets go, um, for sports myths, definitely the, uh, I can wear this headband or I can wear, um, had an athlete with a swim cap that had some mesh in it that was supposed to prevent concussion. That's how it was marketed. Really? Um, yeah, that one's special. Uh, but it was one of those things that, you know, people want to obviously participate and they will want to feel safe. And so it's easy to manipulate in that market and, um, Currently, we don't really have any evidence for any sort of equipment to prevent concussion at this time. So that's a big myth.
1: And parents are really really willing to do anything. You know, that's that's a hard one to discuss with them sometimes. You know, they're seeing all these things that are happening and it's very upsetting to them and how their children feel. And um, we don't have an answer on on what's too much or too often. or. Well,
0: I think I think any 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 CPG, one of the best reasons is it's the most informed we can be at that particular moment when that CPG is published. Um, we know that patient education is a large part of it. So just saying, hey, this product out here might not actually be doing what it says it does, here's the best evidence we have. So it arms the profession with the best evidence that we have. And I, one, of, one, of the best, one of the best phrases I learned um, in my PT career, was an episode. I mean, we're on episode like almost 800 of this show. It was an episode like five, and it was from Eric Mera, and he said, "Listen, if you ever if you ever want to make sure that you're saying the most correct thing at that moment, say this is what we know now, because saying this is what we know that can go out of date pretty quick. So this is this is what we know now. This is what science knows now. Um, and when this is published, and you're mentioning." It took a long time to get the CPG to get published, and we're already going to start reviewing. That's a good sign. It's saying that we want to continue to know. This is what we know now. Uh, you know, I, I saw a lot in the uh, the cycling world with uh, different types of cycling helmets and MIPS designs, and a lot of that was you know they would market the hell out of that. Those helmet prices went way up. Um, but the more we looked around, the more there really wasn't any kind of research saying that those particular helmets would reduce concussions in the event of a of a traumatic injury uh, with a cyclist. So um how should people use this it's a it's a it's a dense piece of evidence right 70 something pages but i do want to share this i love me a good decision tree that's some
1: katie right there
0: that's Katie. katie you want to walk us through this i mean this is page 38 of a 73 page cpg fantastic piece right here um when you guys are putting this together you're really thinking of the clinician who's got a little bit of time on their uh, on their hands between patients who's trying to make sure they're informed but realistically say hey i need i need someone to walk me through this
2: yeah i think the the decision trees were sort of meant to provide almost a triaging system for your thinking processes what do you want to make sure that you think first um the further along we got in the cpg writing process the more that we realize we are not gonna be able to get every little detail and every little thing. And also we don't have evidence to support every little detail. So while we'd like to tell you exactly which test to, to do when, um, we just don't have a lot of comparative studies out there to allow us to tell you that. But what we can do is sort of guide your thinking processes through it, including right from the start to making to making sure that we're thinking about every patient who's experienced some sort of quote unquote, concussive potential event, meaning they may not have a diagnosis of concussion, but they did experience something that could have caused a concussion, that we're considering that as part of our treatment processes and screening for the fact that they may have something we need to be more concerned about that may either complicate their recovery for the thing we've been assigned to treat them for um, and or may need additional workup with other uh, healthcare professionals. And so that's the the first part of the, the decision tree. The second part, Of the decision tree then leads you to your evaluation processes at a really high level what do you need to evaluate and probably in what order Um, really starting with kind of clearing the neck like anything else if you can't clear the neck we can't really trust our vestibular assessments because you have to do a lot of turning of the neck and the head and if you don't have full range of motion there how do we really trust it so it's not necessarily that it's the most important to assess it's just that logistically you know you have to be aware of the neck impairments in order to fully appreciate what you might get from a vestibular exam, that kind of thing. So um, that's kind of what the the second part of the decision tree is. The third part is at a high level, really how are we going to manage and, and monitor these patients over time to the point that they get back to what they want to be doing. So the third part, the third bigger kind of is the high level plan of care implementation decision tree.
0: Do you want to mention the uh, the other co-authors uh, on the CPG you want to give them some uh, some some airtime as well
2: yeah Love to. So we had a number of other authors that weren't able to be here today, but um, Karen McCullough um, was was operating as the senior author on there. We had Tim Hankey as our methodologist, Rob Landell, Kathy Kimagai um Bara Ostalaheen. Did I get everybody? Yeah, <laughs> Arielle, of course. Yeah. So um, it was funny because I think a few of us knew each other in different places at the start, but by the end, you know, we're celebrating each other's birth of their children and grandchildren and you know um (laughs) just becoming family over the time of the life cycle of developing a cpg so yeah
0: um yeah i'd be a bad podcast if i didn't uh, let people know where can they get it Where are the different places they can get this
2: obviously pg itself
1: yeah yeah obviously JOSPT. um that's originally published (laughs) these are free and um, I'm, we're working on getting these things also listed on the sports academy website. It should be on the neuro, uh, academy website. And then, um, Katie, are you able to talk on the new, the ECRI?
2: Yeah, I don't, I, I think it's going to be soon to be published. If not very, I mean, very soon on ECRI. Um, and, essentially that's the new guidelines clearing house where the CPGs that have followed, um, the Institute of Medicine, now National, um, Nam, now National Academy, Academy of Medicine's um, guidelines for how to develop a guideline that you can trust. And so the ECRI is basically the new clearinghouse, and they they go and evaluate um, based on some criteria how strong the CPG is, and they also publish it within the clearinghouse. So that's another point. They have a nice synopsis of the guideline itself and a link to the guideline. So um, also just if you're Strapped for time and don't have time to dig down. You can go to PubMed, <laughs> and uh, it's it's freely accessible there because it's kind of posted as a freely accessible article. So
0: yeah, again, that's how "Physical Therapy Evaluation and Treatment After Concussion, Mild Traumatic Brain Injury."
3: Also, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't also say that it's actually uh, one of our resources on our concussion SIG uh, platform on Mobilize too. So if you're a part of that SIG and you join Mobilize in our resources, and something that we have started discussing, and we'll probably continue to have ongoing discussions on that platform as well. So sign okay. up.
0: <laughs> anything, anything we didn't cover that you guys want to make sure people, uh, you know, the, the therapists, physical therapists, assistants um, out there should know about this, or the treatment with people with concussion or mild traumatic brain injury. Anything I didn't ask, I always like to ask that question.
1: I have two quick things. Lay it on me. Is um, there? This is a very large. Document right. it's not the cliff note version, it's, it's the expanded. And so there are knowledge and translation teams that are working on some documents to help really implement this better into practice. Um, we as clinicians understand that it's hard to read a document like that and take out of it what you need to, you know, with your patient tomorrow. So um, the Neuro Academy is working on this. Um, the Ortho Academy is as well. Our concussion SIG is probably going to have a part in some documents that will help make this easier for practice. And then my other kind of my soapbox is, um, make sure you know when to refer. So that's one of the reasons we worked with other academies on this guideline. Um, some of us are good at vestibular. Some of us are good in the cervical spine. Um, but you might not know everything and that's okay. And just for reading our document, you're not going to know the ins and outs of a vestibular ocular exam and treatment and assessment and knowing when to refer. So. If those things are above your current level of practice, which is absolutely normal, you may be good in one of the four. Then, you know, have your team together and know where you can prefer for those things.
0: Perfect. I like steel boxes. Feel free at any point. I many, many. <laughs> um, anything else, Katie or Bobby? Gene? Uh, did you want to, to add before we um, split <laughs> or anything I, I missed?
2: I think I would just... I think I would just add that, I think we still have a lot of ag- advocacy to do for our profession um, in terms of advertising what we can offer. Um, we do have a lot of evidence to back what we're doing, not just in the area of concussion and traumatic brain injury, but a long history of things like vestibular um, interventions that we can lean on. And I've had clinicians say to me before, I didn't realize that there could be anything wrong with the neck during a concussion, or why would I refer to PT? You know, they, they aren't making those connections. And so we still have quite a bit of um, advocacy to do on our part for what we have to offer for this patient population. And the CPG can help with that.
0: Yeah. I will say, you know, it's a robust document when the references are, well, I feel like I'm going to get a wrist sprain <laughs> going through them. So, um, I was, to I mean, I, I learned in PT school, which was, uh, you know, if you, if you want to figure out what to read next, uh, take a look at a really well written cpg and then just go through the references i mean we're looking at you know 100 almost 200 references maybe more i don't know yeah more than uh, they'll
1: be out of date by the time you get through them
0: <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> um all right so we've got uh, we got the link for people to get the, their hands on this cpg in the link as well as the show notes of this audio episode are you guys ready to play a little game we like to call three questions the only sure. answer is sure. <laughs> Uh, Three questions brought to you by our friends from Aries Medical Staffing, leaders in uh, travel physical therapy. Let your PT license take you around the country, all positions in all settings in all 50 uh, states plus Washington, D.C. All right, so three questions. We'll do this rapid fire because we usually only have one guest. We have three of you on here, so let's do it quick. First question is always a where question. Since you can be a travel physical therapist and pretty much do physical therapy anywhere there's a human, uh, we're going to go around the horn. So we go Bobby Ariel, Katie, uh, where would you want to go? Bobby, I know you're in Texas, but if you had three months, carte blanche, where would you want to go? Uh,
3: probably Europe because I've never been.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: Yeah.
0: Why not? Uh, Ariel, what do you got?
1: Sticking in the U.S., Oregon.
0: Oregon. Yeah, nice in the PNW. Katie? Katie? Oh, I
2: love Colorado. I'd love to go hang out there for a few months.
0: That one's that one's probably in the top three that gets mentioned uh, during three questions. Uh, and again, positions in all uh, 50 states plus D.C. Uh, check them online at aureusmedical.com. Second question is a what question. What's something you've watched or read or listened to? A book, a podcast, a movie that you think the audience could get value out of? and I leave it open ended on purpose because it's like it doesn't have to be PT related it just I just say value
1: might have to skip and come back
0: tonight. all right Ariel what I, do you got
1: I had mine written down and I don't remember the name of the movie gosh sorry
0: okay Top Gun, I'm, I'm, hey, Top, Gun. I'm, I'm, Top Gun we'll just turn it no, out there no, Katie what the you got?
1: lone survivor
0: oh lone survivor lone. good movie
1: yes thank
0: you tough movie to watch
1: it's very tough I'm I'm um, a supportive military fan um, and and of our, our nation, and I, I think
0: that was important to watch. Yeah, yeah. A movie, but because it's telling a real tough story. Uh, Katie, what do you think? Book, movie, podcast, what do you got? Oh, can we lose her at three questions? Can we lose you?
2: Um, I gotta go with the last dance on netflix now michael jordan
0: that yeah last dance from uh from uh from jordan
2: i don't know if the if there's a technical little, little difficulty here we got we got the last dance that
0: grip the, 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 the country and took it by yeah. storm when it was uh being dropped in pieces on espn uh bobby g do you got anything anything come to mind book movie podcast something that
3: um, the, I'm probably going to circle back to the concussion movie Will Smith, not necessarily because it's always accurate, but because it's relevant to what we're talking about. And it does bring up some good conversation points, um, both for its accuracy and inaccuracy. Um, so if you're interested in concussion, it can kind of help you dive into that.
0: Yeah. Started the conversation with a lot of people who had never thought about it before. All right. Last question on the, uh, of three questions is a who question. We start and end with people who is someone the audience should know more about.
3: Uh, I'm going to throw one of my mentors under the bus, I guess on this one. And I'm going to go with Jason, uh, he Tobler. Uh, he works out of Cincinnati children's. He's actually the chair of the concussion SIG. Um, and he hates being on video or discussion, but he's always willing to have people talk to him, but he's a great mentor if you have questions about concussion or really, uh, pediatrics or anything. Um, so I would say, go look him up. He's on Twitter, Instagram, everything. So.
0: Perfect. Ariel, who's a, who's your who?
1: Um, My previous who, when I was with you before, was Katie, actually. Um, (laughs) But since she's here, I'll go with my mentor as well, Lynn Snyder-Mackler, in the E-scale world.
0: Yeah. All right, Katie, no pressure. Who's your
1: hero?
0: Reese? Can you hear us, Katie? we made it through most of the show. Most of the show. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. All right. We might've lost Katie. Uh, if she comes back on, we'll do it. But the last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Let's do that. Parting Shop brought to you by the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, leaders in ortho PT. Find them online at orthoPT.org. Got some contests coming out from the Academy of Orthopedic PT. We just gave away uh, access to any of their monograph sets to a lucky winner. They just came out with tissue tolerances and the running athlete. So if you're looking to up your level, level up your orthopedic game. Uh, why not do it with the leaders in orthopedic PT? OrthoPT.org. All right. Parting shot. Mic drop moment. The last thing you want to leave with the audience. We'll go around the horn. We'll start with Bobby Jean. Uh, what is your parting shot?
3: Um, what I always tell people is to, to say yes. Uh, so if you want to get involved, say, you know, when somebody has an opportunity, always say yes. Uh, it really just continues to open up further opportunities for you to network, to make mentors and friends and colleagues. Um, And that's in regards to the concussion realm, too. When you want to learn more, say yes to different courses. Say yes to talking to people about your cases. Um, There's really no such thing as a stupid question in this uh, world. So um, really talking
1: to each other uh, and sharing our resources.
0: Love it. Say yes. Ariel, parting shot, what do you got? What's your mic drop?
1: I'm going to say something similar along those lines. Uh, Find yourself a mentor. I'm a huge proponent of residency training. Find that mentor, ask questions, and uh, don't regress to mediocrity.
0: So, Ooh, Don't regress to mediocrity. I like that very much. Katie, no pressure, but you're going to close this thing out with the parting shot. What do you got for us?
2: Oh, good. I'm hoping my technology works. Um, I would say read widely and find somewhere in the middle to make sure that you can base that. your uh, opinions great on both shots.
0: Uh Thanks so much for being a part of not only the CPG, but also to say that's paying attention to a, an area that's gaining attention. It's It's been around. It's always been important, but now it's gaining attention, especially within our profession and using the CPG, as we talked about earlier as a gateway, a conversation piece to let people outside of the world of physical therapy know what physical therapists are able to do with this population as well as others. Uh, Ladies, thank you so much for your insight and your time. We appreciate it. Thanks so much.
3: The P.T. Pinecast is a product of P.T. Pinecast, LLC.
0: It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our Chief Connections Officer, Sky Donovan, from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second-year PT student, Bridget Nolan, from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pintcast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts.
2: I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend.
2: This
3: has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me.
1: Nothing extra,
0: just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block.